0: the next 35 to 40 minutes, I want to have your rapt attention. I'm going to speak to something that for everything that we are talking about, if we're going to experience it, if we're going to walk in it, if we're going to live it, if we're going to get the blessing and everything that comes with it, this is what you must do. I'm speaking to what I've titled, Create Your Own Miracle create your own miracle. I'm going to teach you how to create your own miracle as a New Testament believer. As a New Testament believer, I've spoken about, I mean, a lot of things. You are like Jesus. You are the begotten of the Father. And all of that. But you can't experience... All of this, if you don't understand this one, if you don't understand this one, create your own miracle. I'm going to start with you from Genesis chapter 1. Now, anytime you're reading Genesis chapter 1, you must understand that you are reading God's original intention. God's original what? Intention. What God intended. Number two, you are also reading how God operates. Because right from the beginning, right from the start, this is what He did, how He did it. So the moment you start reading Genesis, you are reading into God's intention and how God operates. And if you are like God, then that's how you operate. Praise God. If you are like God, then that's how you operate. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's going to give us the description of the statement that was just made. Of how the heavens and the earth were like. Before God created the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So, before God created the heavens and the earth, he said the earth was what? Formless. Empty. And dark. Formless. It had no form. It had no shape. And it was what? Empty. And then it was dark. The next verse is what surprises me. The spirit of the Lord or God was what? Hovering over the surface of the waters. So, The spirit of God was right there. Yet, the earth was formless, empty, dark. So, the spirit of God can be in the believer. And still, their lives will be empty, formless, dark. I I am going to break it down so you understand how God operates. So, the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Yet, the same place that the spirit of God was, was experiencing darkness, emptiness, and formlessness. So, God will show us how the spirit operates. Next verse. Then God said, then God spoke, let there be light and there was light. So God put the spirit to work. And how did he put the spirit to work? By speaking. And he did not speak what he was seeing. He did not speak emptiness. He did not speak formlessness. He did not speak darkness. He didn't say, oh wow, this is so dark. This is so empty. This is so formless. But he spoke what he wanted to see. and the spirit brought forth what he spoke how to create your own miracle just like this situation if you look around you the spirit of god is in you but the world around you is empty it's formless it's The situation, the circumstance around you looks very bleak and oblivious. But I can tell you that if you want to operate like God, you don't speak your circumstance. You don't speak your situation. You speak what you want to see. God is showing us how he operates. And if you are the seed of God, this is how you operate. This is how you create your own miracle. I'm going to give you a lot of examples by scripture. And you'd understand that we have been taught to do the wrong thing. We speak and we think we are being factual. And when you ask them, he said, This is a reality. That is not a reality. When you are created in the image and likeness of God, when something negative happens to you, it is not your true nature. So you can't call it real. Did you hear what I said? Because in God there is nothing negative. Everything in God is good. James says it. He said our God is all good. And he gives perfect gifts. Without turning nor variable. So it means that everything in him is good. So when something wrong happens, don't celebrate it and take it as your own. That is not your own, it is a shadow, it is not your image. It is not like you. And it is not for you. So God saw emptiness, darkness, formlessness. But he spoke light. What are you seeing? Sickness. You speak health. What are you seeing? Poverty, you speak wealth. What are you seeing? The child doesn't understand. You speak understanding. What are you seeing? Every negative situation is not you. And it's not for you. It is a pale shadow of your true image and reflection. Don't speak that. Speak who you are. So you speak like God. Hallelujah. Let there be light. Was there light when he spoke? In the same way, when you speak, the situation will be lighted up. Listen to me very carefully. The natural elements of this earth hear your voice. Everything that is within your surrounding hear your voice. I am talking about just natural human being. Forget about you being A child of God. I'm talking about natural human being. All the natural elements. When God said. He has given man dominion. Over every creature. Because of that. When man. When man speaks. All creation. Listen. You didn't hear me. Now. We went for a video shoot. Just about two days ago. I'm doing my the video for my song and we went on location and we saw i can say he's like a 10 year old boy with a head of cows plenty several 10 year old boy and he was just amazing they were at his back, and call. When he commands them, he uses the word "bruga," bruga, and then you see them running. And when he mentions another word, they stop. And all my crew members were shocked. what? The small boy. Because that's the way God made it. You are the one who don't know. Listen to me. When you speak, the elements of the earth, listen. And so what you call is what comes to you. most of the things that happen to us, we call them into action. We call them into action. We call them into action. Watch this. Psalm 81 verse 10. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide. And I will fill it with good things. God was actually talking to Asaph and Asaph wrote this down. He was talking about the redemption of the Israelites from Egypt. And he says, whilst God was redeeming them and bringing them out of captivity to the promised land, there was one thing that they did not obey. He said, although they understood the principle because they have been God's children for a long time, even before they went into captivity, God has told them that if they open their mouth wide and they speak, he will feel it. But yet, they don't listen. If you look at the next verse, that's, he said, But my children will not listen. I know God is saying the same thing about us. How come Asaph is saying this? Because when God, within 40 days, was about to deliver the city into their hands. So they would walk into the promised land. And all they needed to do was to speak and say, we are well able to take the land. They saw giants and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And so they said, we are nothing before them. And that delayed their promise. And they entered for 40 years later. Instead of 40 days. Open your mouth wide. And he said, I will fill it with good things. Good things. Good things. In other words, God wants you to speak good things. And God does not fill your mouth with bad things. Hey. So what you are saying, he didn't fill your mouth with it. I'm dead, though. He didn't fill your mouth with it. I am finished. He didn't fill your mouth with this. This sickness will kill me. He didn't fill your mouth with this. Oh, in this family, this is the way things go. He didn't fill your mouth. You are the one filling your mouth. But as for you and me, he has filled our mouth with good things. If we open it wide, we shall speak good. We shall speak good. May you speak good from today. I said, may you speak good. That's why I get shocked when I see men of God kissing. Cursing. No, don't curse. And some of you, the moment somebody does something, you cares. No. Open your mouth wide also means that as much as you can open. Oh, hello. So, in this case, the width of your mouth gives you an advantage. You know I'm joking. (laughs) But what I mean to say is that your desire will bring so much out. Your knowledge about him and what he can do will bring so much out. As a matter of fact, what falls on your lip is is determined on how much you think and know he can do. Am I speaking to somebody? If you go to your managing director and your managing director says, I'm giving you a blank check. Call what you can. You look at your manager and you look at his capabilities and abilities. You look at what maximum you think he can give. That's where you call. When you come to me, you do say, You look at me, you look at what I can give you, and then you say, "Well, if I look at this man, he's worth this." So let me just call this. Am I right? So he says, "Open your mouth wide." But the point is, it depends on how much you see him worth and what he can do. Some of us see God as a Ghanaian father. So when he asked you to mention, I heard a comedian saying, he said, Charlie, <laughs> as for some of us, when we we're growing up, even before we go out, say, today we are going for shopping. Now, even before you go out, he will beat you. Coffee. look at you. (laughs) What is he doing? He's putting the fear of God in you before you go and mention certain things. (laughs) He's limiting you first. So that you can go and mention certain things and you disgrace him. You go and see a helicopter and say, I want to... (laughs) And so, that's how some of us, in our quest to ask, when he says, open your mouth wide, you seem like your Ghanaian father, who would have to intimidate you, because of lack of resources. We've passed there before, we know. You, you've not done anything, just your mere passing by. Your shadow just passes unanti by heart. <laughs> All of these are tactics. Maybe you want to come and ask who is just that you don't open your mouth to ask. I mean, but God is not like that. He said, Open your mouth. Feel it. Somebody open your mouth and let him feel it. Speak good things, powerful things. If you are a Ghanaian and God said, Open your mouth wide, you look at the Ghanaian who is the. <laughs> and you say, this is how far God can give. Is that not it? And you mention. But a child of the spirit doesn't look at just what they are seeing, they look at the spirit. I'm coming to that. Somebody say, I will speak good things. Speak good Tell them like you mean, I'll speak, speak good things. Now there's a scripture in the Bible that that, that people have argued about. Jesus was passing by and he was actually on his way to be crucified. It was his last days. And then he saw this fig tree. And the fig tree was just standing in somewhere. And Jesus said he was hungry. He wanted something to eat. So he just cast the tree. Just like that. And everybody was, ah, Jesus, you have told us your mouth, your mouth, your mouth, good things. So we should also speak good things. What did this thing? What did he do? You cursed it just like that. I'm gonna bring it out to you so you understand why Jesus cursed the tree. And very soon, you will curse evil and speak good. Jesus was doing something and he was teaching us something. The next morning, Mark chapter 11, 12 to 24, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. So the word was, he was what? He was what? He was hungry. He noticed a fig tree, in full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. Now, when man sinned against God, man, in trying to cover their sins, used the fig leaf. Hello? So the fig is a symbolism of man trying to cover, work their own sin. It is a symbolism of the law. Praise God. Hey, hello. So, watch this. Jesus was hungry. And he says, but there were only leaves. And he gave the reason. And it was a very tangible one. Because it was too early in the season for fruit. So, why do you curse a tree? That has not gotten to its seizing of bearing fruit. It doesn't make sense. Because a tree bears fruit in its what? Seizing. You don't understand the Bible. You think that it's controversial. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. May no one ever eat your fruit again. So he's saying, The tree, its fruit, everything about it, should never be ate again. And I said that the fig tree and its leaf is a symbolism of man working out their own salvation. Trying to save themselves. Trying to cover their sins. And Jesus came to save us. And to impute his righteousness on us. Is that right? So that we can become him and he becomes us. So that we and God are one. Are you getting me? So, look at what happened next. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. Are you getting the scenario? What is this used for? To work out the sin problem. So, right from the symbolism of the fig tree and what it stands for, he comes on the practical and start dealing with how sin is taken care of by the law. Are you here with me? He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace continue for me. And he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of what? Prayer for all nations. But you have turned it into a den of what? thieves. So there were seasons and times that one has to come to make sure their sins are cleansed. But there's coming a time At every point in time, one can enter the temple. As a matter of fact, the temple is in them. And so they are walking temples. And all they need to do is to open their mouth wide. Because their sins have already been broken. And take, their power has been taken off. And therefore they are righteous before God. And they can only lift up their voice and say whatever they have to say. So the fig tree bears its fruit in its season. But this kind of people that are worked not by the law, but by the grace of God, they don't have seasons. As a matter of fact, at any point in time, when they lift up their voice and they speak to their father, he will hear. They don't have to come and satisfy certain requirements before they have access. They have access every minute, every second, microsecond they can go through. Oh, praise the Lord. By the victory, by the law, they need to have a season for their sins to be cleansed. for For them to come with sacrifices before they will be heard. So that if they speak, nothing happens. But there's coming a time. They can be walking in Malata Market. And when they open their mouth and they speak, their father hears and does what they ask him for. Hallelujah. Jesus was hungry, he was looking for food, he was looking for a need. Something must happen. But the, the victory denied him because it was waiting for its season. In your seizing and your dispensation, you can't be denied. You have access at any time. Let's go on. He said to them, the scripture declare, my temple will be called the house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests, teachers of religious law, heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and his disciples left the city. The next morning, as they had passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Jesus means, I am going to take the law and root it out. And it cannot bear fruit ever again. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. You will curse that sickness. I said you will curse premature death. Anything that the law brings to you by consequence, by penalty, you will curse it because that is not your portion. It will wither to the roots. And the point is, it starts right from the roots. Who said, Come for deliverance? Deliverance what? So, Jesus will now set everything he has now spoken up in symbolism and came to practically deal with it so you can understand the permutations. He now comes to set the principle straight. Look at what he says. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Hey, He says, I am taking you from one dispensation. Into another dispensation. But this time, you have the word in your mouth. And at any point in time, all you need to do is to say, speak. And when you speak, it will happen. Watch it. He says, but you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it you can pray for anything. If you believe that you've received it it will be yours. Declaration are two different things. Asking and declaring are two different things. When a person is praying, they are making a request. But when a person begins to declare, they know they have received. So he says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. So listen, you can request for anything. So Christians can request for anything. My brother, my sister, don't go and fast. And and like you do it and you are fasting for a car. You, You are fasting for marriage. You are fasting for God to give you children. The world does not fast for it. The world who even don't know him, they ask for it. There are people, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, they are atheists. They don't know God. But they are rich. They are wealthy. They didn't do um, Sakawa. Did they do Sakawa? You can verify their wealth. Not like in this place here. (laughs) Did they do Sakawa? They worked. They were doing all the right things with human wisdom. And they made it. Sometimes they will tell you, my instincts just told me to do this. And I did it. So every human being, watch this. Every human being, every human being, watch this, please, listen to me, listen to me. Every human being prays. Hello. At this stage, I'm alone, I can see. Every human being prays. You don't know, but listen very carefully. He says, have faith in God. The point is that they can pray and they pray their human instinct, their human capability and they charge it and it works just by their human ability that was given by God in creation. So their request is not to God through Christ. No. They just charge themselves as human beings, that God has given that creativity and that power, that authority. And they do so anyway. Because God gave that power to human beings. But for you and I, he says, when we ask our God and request, there's something we do they also do it, but they don't do it by Christ. But we do it in Christ. The only difference between you and the worldly people, you and the Muslim, you and the Buddhist, the difference is Christ. Everything else is the same. Please listen to me carefully. The difference is what? Christ. And the major, 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 major defining factor is eternity. Please. So don't normally use this world to judge. Because if you use that, you'll be derailed. Use eternity. Because for everything they are getting, and the benefits that come to it stops here. The moment this world is over, they are done. But the point is, as for you and I, even when eternity comes, our best and our, perfect, our perfection actually rather goes further. Oh, praise the Lord. Am I speaking to somebody? So he says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Ah! When I requested for the mail, the mail dropped in my inbox. But when it dropped, I need to open it. So the mail is in my box. I requested for it. I received it. But how do I download it? It's called declaration. When I confess, when I speak it, when I declare it, it means I already know I have it. It is in the form of the spirit. But my declaration brings it forth into the natural. I see it because I declare it. For you shall decree a thing. And it shall be established unto you. And light shall shine on your way. In other words, when I pray, Job said it even before. He actually spoke to prayer and spoke to declaration. Bring us to Job. Good. This is when Eliphas was criticizing Job. And he says, for then you will have your delight in the almighty and lift up your face to what? To God. You will make your prayer to. So he talks about request. Is that right? He said he will hear and you will pay your. Look at the 28. Then he says, you will also. So, when you have prayed, now you will also declare. And that's what Jesus was actually saying. That when you pray, you have received it. But like he said to the mountain, be moved by declaration. And the mountain moved, you declare. And what you have prayed, you shall see it in your hand. And that is what God started from Genesis to show us that when the spirit is hovering and the spirit is in you and, 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 and is dormant, he's waiting for your instruction. Your instruction of declaration. Your mouth. When your mouth speaks it, your hand will handle it. So light will shine on your ways. When he said, let there be light, it was a declaration. Somebody must speak to some situations. Listen, don't speak like the world speaks. How did your faith begin in Christ Jesus? Romans chapter 10. For Moses writes that the law's way, making a person right with God, requires obedience to all his commandments. So you see the fig tree. You see the fig tree. Yes. You see the fig tree. So until you have come into that, you don't have access. So the fig tree would have to make sure that you have have done certain requirements and then your season comes and you can eat of the fruit. Are you getting the point? Yes, that's the fig tree. By way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven who will go up to heaven br- to bring Christ down to earth. Don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life uh, Eight. in fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. <laughs> if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you openly what? Look at the next. For it is by believing in your that you are made what? But how do you get saved? It is by openly declaring your faith that you are. So you openly declare. Now, the way you got saved and you got the biggest gift of God is the same way you also get everything that God has given you in Christ. The principle is the same. It doesn't change. You openly declared, I believe Christ died, rose from the dead, and you are saved. He says, whatever you need and you want to have, in the same way, openly declare it. And like you got saved and you got salvation, if you say it, you will get it. Somebody will say, Pastor, I said it once. I didn't get it. So, what are you talking about? Hebrews 10:23. Everybody read it. Go. Let's read the NIV. Go. On what? To the, to the, to the, to the, we, for. So, in declaration, you don't stop till you have it. Whatever you are hoping, and you have hoped to see with your eyes, declare with your mouth. And it says, don't stop. You will see it. You will see it. You will see it. You will see it. Don't stop confessing it. Because you will see it. Listen to me. Everything around you may go the opposite. Don't let it stop your declaration. The word profess there is the word declaration. Whatever you are hoping to see, God is faithful. And as you declare it, as you profess it, you will see his faithfulness. The Lord bless you. Amen.